Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to be on episode one of season three. I can't this believe is it's already here. So exciting, guys. Yeah. We're starting a whole new season, and I really, truly, I really, truly, really, truly, really, I mean, this is like, like a Jesus moment. Verily, verily, truly, truly. <laughs> verily, verily, is that what you just That's said? King James. Really? That's what our dad says. He says, verily, verily, I, I say to you, that. and I'm like, it's truly, truly. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's the King James version. Okay. Anyway, we're really excited to jump into this new season with you guys because I felt like last year was just an amazing year where we got into Mm -hmm. so many good and relevant topics in our culture and just just discussing the hard things that are happening in our world together from a biblical perspective. And so I'm really excited to just continue on with that, but see what unfolds. And it's kind of crazy because when you get to talk about current events every single Monday and you're able to have conversations about things, it's kind of interesting because you start to like look forward to the craziness that's happening in our world because you're like, wow, I'm going to have to talk about that on Monday. (laughs) So it's it's an exciting job that we have, guys. We're just over Indeed. here like, wow, can this world get any more crazy? But it does give us a great topic on Monday. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Okay, guys. So we're jumping into a really good episode about Sunday school and youth groups. You guys know that we are very, very passionate and interested in this topic. This is one that, I mean, we have a Bible study group ourselves and we've been doing it. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary this mm-hmm. past weekend and that went amazing. I'll update on that real quick and I'll let Maddie update on Healthy Kids Day, our little outreach that we had to kick off our anniversary weekend. But we were able to celebrate with the girls in the ministry center and just have like a very laid back weekend Mm -hmm. together. Although it wasn't really laid back, there were a lot of different things that happened. Many, many things. A lot of sadness and grief that kind of started on Saturday morning because of something that happened, an accident that happened. So that kind of was just a start that we weren't really expecting. But it really did help our weekend to just be full of lots of good conversation very serious conversation sometimes, but a lot of good stuff went into the weekend that we were just, we weren't really expecting, but God used it. And so we're very thankful for that. And Maddie, I want you to update on Healthy Kids Day because that was a really great outreach. Our first year, we went last year and that was our very first year Mm -hmm. going to the outreach and setting up our few table and all that stuff. But how did it go this year? Yeah, so like Lily said, we were at an outreach called Healthy Kids Day, which is something that a YMCA puts on in Mm. a county somewhat close to us, and we just have lots of connections in that county, so we have been participating in their Healthy Kids Day, so we set up this tent with a few tables, and Mm. we did like a little basket giveaways with different things in them to give to the kids. And mainly what you're supposed to focus on for this day is the health of children. So that can be mental health, Mm -hmm. physical health, spiritual health is obviously what we were focusing on. So we had little prayer journals that they could come and make and just, you know, write in those. And it gave Mm -hmm. us an incredible opportunity to pray with the kids and their parents. And it was just very, very interesting. And we had a really great time. 
one of our girls who just joined Bible study about a year ago. She joined shortly after we did Healthy Kids Day last mm-hmm. year. She came and it was like her first time on an outreach so far. So yeah. that was exciting. And we just had lots of new experiences together. It was a lot of fun. We got to pray with lots of the kids who came and made prayer journals. We had some people come from last year and be like, did you guys have a table last year? We made prayer journals with you then and different things like that. So it was kind of cool to like renew those Mm -hmm. connections and everything. And we gave away our giveaway baskets to some of the little kids, which they were very, very excited about. So it was just a great day, a great bonding experience for all of us. The Mm -hmm. weather was wonderful. It was so Praise God. I mean, Mm. obviously, Ohio, our weather's unpredictable. So, like, (laughs) a couple weeks ago, it was, like, 90 degrees. Yeah. Horribly hot and humid and disgusting. And then this week when we had Healthy Kids Day, our high was, like, 75. Yeah, And it was was very, very nice while we were there, especially when you were in the shade. There was, like, a little breeze going on. It was Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And everybody really enjoyed it. We Mm -hmm. enjoyed being able to set up with the girls and just have that experience together. And it was just a great weekend. So, thank you for praying over that. If you saw our blog post on Thursday, I did, like, a little life update um, because I didn't have time to write a whole blog post, but we need to do more of those life updates on the blog and stuff. Yeah, we got some messages and they were like, oh, it's so great to hear that you guys (laughs) right outreaches and stuff right so we will definitely be doing more of that hopefully this year and keeping you guys updated and if you want to be updated on stuff like that because we don't always get to it here on the podcast Mm -hmm. or in blog posts be sure to sign up to be on our email list. We're definitely going to start sending some more update type things like that mm-hmm. to your email. So be sure to sign up for that because that'll be super helpful if you want to be in the know on all those different things. Yeah. Okay, guys. So let's jump in to the topic at hand, Sunday school and youth groups. So like Maddie and I said, we have been doing Bible study for four years now. We've met every single Thursday and I'm literally dead serious when I say we can count on two hands how many times we have had to cancel Bible study. Yeah. A tree fell in our house one time on a Thursday and yeah. we still had Bible study. We still had Bible study. Because we're crazy though. like that. <laughs> there were chainsaws going in the background and it was kind of yeah. insane. But yeah, lots of things have happened like that. And we're like, no, we need to prioritize this. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to make sure that we're going to still meet and pray over these things. And life happens sometimes and you got to push through it. You got to persevere sometimes. And there have been, there have been nights where we've had one girl. There have been nights where we've had to join on Zoom because it's just a couple of us or whatever and um, weather and that kind of stuff. But we have really been able to stay consistent for the past four years. And that has been a huge blessing. Like I want you all to know, we do not take that for granted because I know that schedules can get crazy. I know that things happen and that it sometimes doesn't happen every week for people Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But I think for all of us, we've just made it a a big priority in our lives. And so it's something that we hate to miss. You know, it's something like if we can't meet this week, it just seems like we haven't met for three months, you know? And that's a beautiful thing because I think we have this unity in the Lord that he has just blessed our group with that we're able to get together and have that. And it makes me really sad that a lot of youth groups and Sunday school groups and just church groups in general don't really have that. You know, it's kind of like a Sunday morning thing. If you're there, okay, come and join a Sunday school class Mm -hmm. or, you know, come to youth group or whatever, but there's no true connection a lot of times. And I'm not saying, please hear us out when I say this. As we're talking about this, we're not talking about all churches, okay? Yeah. And that's with any 
any of our podcast episodes at all. We do not talk about all churches. I know that there are a lot of church groups that do amazing at this, creating fellowship, unity, all of these things, and people are truly connected. Young people are mm-hmm. tied into their youth groups. They enjoy going, they're learning, they're growing in their faith, and that's an amazing thing. But I think we've reached this point in our culture where we're a post-Christian society. And I know that sounds kind of crazy to say, but it's just reality in mm-hmm. the time that we're living in most people do not have a relationship with Christ. And most churches are not teaching the absolute truth. They're not pointing us to Jesus and what he did on the cross for us Mm -hmm. and um, what he wants to do in our lives today. And that's something that I think we need to get back to because I'm telling you as a young person myself, I'm 18, Maddie's 16. We've been working with youth. We're youth ourselves. We want something real. We Mm -hmm. want something genuine. And what we're finding in so many youth groups and Sunday school groups today and churches in general is that we're just finding a lot of fluff. There's just this, oh, you know, for youth groups, they just want to have pizza parties and movie nights. Mm -hmm. That's not what we want. I'm just being honest. Like, that's not what youth want. They may appear to want that or they may, you may have a couple more kids show up because you're having a pizza party or whatever. But I'm just telling y'all, that most youth groups don't move past that. Like, okay, if we can get some kids from the community to come to the church because we're having a pizza party, that's great. I'm glad that we think that. I'm glad that we're getting some lost kids to come into our churches. But if we don't move past that step and actually show them what Jesus did for them and teach the gospel and help them to realize that, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You're having a pizza party and you just wasted 50 bucks, you know? And I'm just, I I think that we need to get past this fluffy, surfacey idea that so many people have, and especially in church leadership, about evangelizing youth and kids. Kids are capable of so much more than we think they are. Yeah. They want and desire to know the truth, and their minds can comprehend so much more than we think they can, Mm -hmm. and they desire that. But we're going to get into a whole bunch of different things here because obviously when you start talking about kids and youth and things like that, you've got to start talking about parents. You've got to start talking about their schedules and their priorities and um, if the kids are in school and all these different things that come into it because it does make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to just bash, um, you know, like Sunday school groups or youth groups because that's not the point in this. Because a lot of times they're getting kids for one hour Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday mornings and that's about it. And then they go about the rest of the week and the kids have no influence at all that would be of Christian mindset or Mm -hmm. anything like that from their parents or people that they're around. Yeah, I don't think that the fault lies entirely at the feet of children's directors Mm -hmm. or youth leaders or pastors. Absolutely. I mean, yes, the church has been involved in softening Christianity, which sounds super duper crazy because this is like what we're supposed to be focusing on. Right. And I think that sometimes that is incredibly ridiculous that we do soften Christianity so much, especially because as youth, we can handle so much more than Mm -hmm. what we're being taught. And that may sound kind of cocky or prideful, but truly right now we're getting a very, very dumbed down version Mm. 
of Christianity, of the crucifixion, of the resurrection, of theology. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we have to have like a theology 101 class every single week in youth groups or Sunday schools or whatever. But I do think that from time to time, that would be very helpful for youth and children Mm -hmm. and adults who need to be defending their faith, especially when we're living in a super duper crazy world right now. I mean, just the things that I have been seeing on social media just this week are insane. Just the political instability and just the absolute depravity Mm -hmm. of the world. You know, all of these mass shootings that are happening, all of the crime rates that are skyrocketing and stuff. This is not a gun control problem. This is a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. So why are we not talking about this in the church? We need to be teaching people how to defend Christianity in times like this, because right now people are experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of depravity Mm -hmm. and a lot of wickedness in our world right now. And lots of people are asking the question, if we have a good God, who is supposedly looking out for the entire universe. Why are things like this allowed to happen? Why did 21 people die in Texas a couple weeks ago? What on earth is happening? If we have a good God, why is this stuff allowed to happen? And if one of my friends asked me that, and I purely had a youth group founded Christianity, I wasn't doing stuff on my own. I didn't live in a Christian family. I would have absolutely no idea how to answer them. Mm -hmm. I would be like, I have no idea. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is not just the fault of youth groups and uh, Sunday schools and churches. Mm -hmm. It also lies at the feet of parents and families who claim to be Christians but don't actually pour into their kids' relationship with Jesus. And I think that that is something that has been extremely detrimental to our society because we have got to have families who are rooted enough in their own faith that they are able to lift up their youth groups, lift up their fellow peers who Mm -hmm. maybe don't know as much. And I think that that's just something that is really important that we need to be focusing on as families, as friends with other teenagers, like teens. We're talking to you too. This isn't just adults or, you know, the people who are in leadership in our churches or your parents. Like, as teenagers, we need to be pouring into our own personal relationship with Jesus on an everyday basis, praying, reading scripture, all the basic things that we talk about all the time, studying uh, extra things, reading extra Christian books that you know are from credible sources, and doing a bunch of studying on your own so Mm -hmm. that you can help your friends and your fellow peers in your youth group at your school where they do not have parents who are pouring into them and that's not their fault. Right. And I think that that's where youth groups do need to come in and they Mm -hmm. need to be a lot more serious because when these kids don't have parents like that, it's impossible for them to rise above that sometimes Mm -hmm. if they don't have youth leaders calling them to a higher standard. And that's what we ultimately want as teenagers, we want to be taken seriously and we want people to know Mm -hmm. that we want to learn about difficult things. We want to talk about the depravity in our world because right now we are so confused by it and we have no idea what's going on. We have no idea what's going to happen in the future. We have no idea what to do in the here and now to try and stop some of these things from happening, to have an influence in our schools. And we need people to realize that and to take that seriously. And we need youth groups to step up and teach us about these things. Mm -hmm. You know, like this month, it's Pride Month. Why the heck aren't we talking about that in youth groups? Why aren't parents talking to their kids about Pride Month and why it is absolutely and utterly wrong? Yeah. And And don't just say it's 
wrong. Just because. Explain why. Exactly. Because we want to know why. Right. And we want to have a solid argument for if someone would ask us, well, why don't you support Pride Month? Why mm-hmm. didn't you change your profile picture on social media to the rainbow colors and right. stuff? Why, why don't you have your pronouns in exactly. your Instagram bio? We need to know why this stuff is wrong and then how to combat it. And mm-hmm. right now, I haven't heard a single peep about Pride Month from churches and youth groups. And that is just, it's kind of unbelievable to me because this is something that is happening. I mean, literally June 1st hits and everyone changes their profile picture Mm -hmm. to a rainbow. They change their logos to rainbow colors. Mm -hmm. And it is ridiculous that we're not talking about that in youth groups, that we're not talking about that over a family dinner and discussing why this is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it lies completely at the feet of youth leaders and children's directors and pastors. I do think that some of it is the family unit needs to be taking this stuff more seriously. Sure. But at the same time, you know, youth leaders and children's directors and pastors do need to be Mm -hmm. stepping it up and saying, okay, these kids are all in high school. They're getting ready to graduate high school. That's at least how our youth group is. Uh, it's all the high school students and we need to be learning about this stuff because we're on social media, we're in public schools, mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we're not in public school, but like all of our friends are in public schools. They are with classmates who say that they're bi and gay and yeah. transgender and all this stuff and it's affecting us in our everyday lives. So it should be affecting the church also. Mm-hmm. It should be discussed in church settings because we need solid information about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. C.S. Lewis has a quote that says, Since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise, you are making their destiny not brighter, but darker. And I love this quote because it's so true, right? They're going to be in class with, you know, this girl that's going to say that she's transgender Mm -hmm. and that she's a guy. How do you deal with that? How do you debate with her on that in a kind and loving way, of course, mm-hmm. right? How do you do that? Because we have kids that are dealing with this every single day, every single day, and parents are not offering any advice, any wisdom to them on how to deal with it. They don't know it's happening. They don't the know time. it's happening. And we have youth groups that are like, okay, hey, come for pizza. We're not going any deeper than that. We're just going to eat pizza together and, and talk about, you know, uh, whether we like Spider-Man or Iron Man better right? That's just ridiculous. We don't Mm -hmm. have time for silly games anymore. We we just don't. And I don't say that in a way of, oh, I have it all figured out and I know how to do youth ministry and I know how to do this or that. I don't. But I do know that we're reaching a point and we've always been at this point, but most especially now we've come to a point in our world where our Christian morals that we used to stand upon and that everyone used to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. we don't acknowledge them anymore. Most people don't know what's right or wrong or have any sense about it because we're not talking about these things in the church. Most people won't even step inside church because guess what? It's not the real church. Mm -hmm. It's not church how it's supposed to look. It's, you know, church that's turned secular and worldly and and cares more about what the world thinks than what Christ thinks. And I don't know why we wonder why people aren't coming to church anymore because Mm -hmm. like why would they right they can literally get what they're getting at our churches Mm -hmm. anywhere else 
because we're talking about the most shallow stuff, mm-hmm. especially in youth groups and things like that. I mean, right. I don't, I don't understand why we're shocked by that because, you know, we can talk about whether we like Spider-Man or Iron Man more at public school, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to be talking about the new Spider-Man movie that just came out. You know, this isn't something that's unique in yep. the church. We're not getting anything different there mm-hmm. than we are in other places. Sure. Yeah. They're going to their sports teams. They're doing these worldly things. Um, and they're getting to have pizza parties twice a week. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not something, you know, the church is not doing anything extraordinary. And I think that that's where we failed. We failed kids in thinking that they're not capable of comprehending the gospel. And I've heard so many youth leaders who refer to the actual corporate church services as big people church. Yeah. And like we're in little people church. And I I despise that. I'm just being honest with you. I despise it because that's never how God intended. But then they want to say in the same breath, but we're all one. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are a part of the church too. Well, then don't say, don't divide us like that and give us labels that are not true. And I don't know. I'm just going on a rant yeah. here. But I think that C.S. Lewis is absolutely right. Kids are going to encounter cruel enemies in this world and even more so now. We talked a couple episodes ago, and I just can't stop thinking about this, so you guys are going to hear this for a while because (laughs) I just can't comprehend it right now, but the drag queens coming into school, I just saw another video of these kindergartners, guys, and little babies, and just, oh my goodness, I just can't, I can't fathom it, and they're watching this drag queen perform, and it's just the most despicable, nasty thing that you've ever watched in your life, Mm -hmm. and why doesn't that bother us enough to make us act, to make us do something, to encourage us that, okay, these are what kids are seeing now and parents are okay with it and parents are letting it happen. And I want to be the youth leader. I want to be the kids director, the children's director. I want to be the pastor that stands in the way and says, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that to these kids. I'm going to protect them even if I have to die doing it. You know, like this, I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to teach them what's right and what's wrong. And they're going to know when they see those things, if they encounter cruel enemies, that you can be courageous. You can say no to these things. You can walk out that door and say no, because you know that I'm I'm with you on that. And mm-hmm. you know the truth and you can stand for Christ. But now we have kids that don't know if drag queens coming in, into their school is actually wrong. They don't have the courage to even tell their parents. And parents don't care enough to be informed about it mm-hmm. because they're busy working and they're, they're too busy with other things and making money and, you know, doing things. And I'm not saying that that's bad completely. Yeah. Um, don't hear me wrong on that one. But if we don't care enough to stand in the way of these evil and sinful people and guard our kids from them and teach them that if they do encounter it, that they can stand up and we will back them 110% when they do so. Because that's one of the things that I've always appreciated, especially about our parents, is that they've always been, I mean, they've they've always taught us what's right and what's wrong and Mm -hmm. to be very bold and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that we have it all right. That's not what I'm saying. But they've taught us that anytime we know that something's wrong, they're going to back us on that. That they trust our 
Holy Spirit sense that we have within us because we've accepted Christ and because we know him and we have a relationship with him, that if we're in a situation and we know that it's wrong, that we can stand up and we can be bold and say it. That, yeah. And they will support us. They're not going to be, you know, I was just talking about that story where the man that was born blind is called before the Pharisees after Jesus heals him and they don't believe him. So they call in his parents to ask him if he really is their son. And they say yes. And then the Pharisees asked them, you know, how he was healed. Well, at that time, the Pharisees had told people that if they claimed that Jesus was the Messiah, that they would be banned from the synagogue. And so everyone was very scared of the Jews and, you know, how could you do that? And, you know, we can't be banned from the synagogue and all this stuff. I mean, pretty much if that happened, you were an outcast in yeah. their society and stuff. So it was a big deal. And they wouldn't say, they say, well, ask him. He's of age. He can answer you. And they don't back their son up at all in what Jesus did for him. And I think that that's where, sadly, um, many parents and youth leaders and children's directors and pastors are at today. It's like, well, ask him. I don't want to get in trouble for this. Jesus, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, defend him on this one um, because I don't want to get in trouble by the school administration. I don't want to get in trouble by the government. I don't want to get in trouble by whatever mm -hmm. or whoever. And I think that's where a lot of us are at. And it's sad to watch. I want to acknowledge that. It's very sad to watch that happen and take place in our society. But we need a few. We need mm -hmm. a few good men, uh, most especially dads, fathers, men who are willing to yeah. stand up and say, I'm not going to let this happen in my county. I'm not going to let this happen with my kids. I'm not going to allow this to happen with my friends and be bold about it. Mm -hmm. And we need women who are gentle giants who stand up and go, you know, if that's what they're going to teach these kids, then we'll teach them. I just heard about a group of ladies near us who, one of the ladies who's going to be involved in this is actually one of our very good friends. We've talked about that family on the podcast before and mm -hmm. they're amazing and have discipled Maddie and I before and that kind of thing and still do today. And a group of ladies from her church are going to start schooling kids that if their parents can't mm -hmm. help with their schooling, but they don't want to send them to public school because of all the things that are happening. Yeah. Good Christian families, parents still have to work, whatever. So these older ladies are going to start pretty much homeschooling, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Every single day, they're going to start homeschooling these this group of high schoolers. And so they're going to give them a good Christian education. And these are women who are retired, who are seeking the Lord and who want to see these kids grow in their relationships with Christ, but also get the education part of it. And it's amazing to watch things like that happen. But it does take sacrifice. It takes a lot out of people. You know, they're going to give whole days to this every single week and switch off. A few ladies are going to switch off and do it every single week teaching and doing that kind of thing with these kids. And it's going to take a lot. I'm sure it's going to take a lot of time and effort, but that's what we have to be willing to do if we want to see anything change, Yeah, especially in kids' lives. We have to make time for them and we have to guide them and protect them. Well, I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it be such an incredible source of pride if, as youth leaders, we would be teaching these kids that if a drag queen comes into your school, like, you cannot put up with that. That yep. is ridiculous, mm -hmm. and it's wrong and sinful. What if, as a youth leader, wouldn't it be such a proud moment for you <laughs> if one of those kids walked out of their mm -hmm. classroom and was standing outside their school and called you yep. and said, hey, I just walked out of class. I'm going to be in big trouble for mm -hmm. this. But you taught me and my parents have taught me that mm -hmm. this is completely wrong. So I'm out of there. I didn't watch 
more than five seconds of that. Once I realized what was going on, I got up and I left. But now I'm going to be in a little bit of trouble because I just left class without permission. Mm -hmm. Could you like come to my school and support me? over this like wouldn't that be such a proud moment for Mm -hmm. you as a youth leader because like you have taught them this as a parent if your kid called you and said that that would like that would I'm not even a parent but that would make me so stinking proud yeah and like I would just be beaming Mm -hmm. with knowing that I have done a good job teaching these kids raising these kids pouring into them and teaching them in the way they should go yeah so anyway (laughs) that's a little tangent there. I was just thinking about that when Lily was saying about the drag queens, but there's also a verse in Jeremiah 1. I'm going to start with verse 5, read a little bit of a chunk here. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, O Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I think that's such a powerful verse because, you know, Jeremiah is intimidated and says, you know, I'm only a youth. How much have we conditioned that Mm -hmm. in this 21st century society? Like, how much have we helped teenagers to believe that? I'm only a youth. I don't know how to speak. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to do these things. But then the Lord combats that and says, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we emboldening that Mm -hmm. in our teens and in our children? And as a corporate church, some adults don't even realize the power that they possess through the Lord and through what he calls you to do. And I just think that that's, that would be so powerful. And teens and kids would have such a powerful influence if we really helped them to realize this identity. And as we were talking before we started recording, you know how much we love C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And Lily was talking about how in The Voyage of the Dawn Shredder, there's a character named Eustace. And this is like one of our favorite Favorite. Narnia books. If if you haven't read Narnia, even if you are like a 50-year-old man, you need to go and read Narnia. I'm serious. Yeah. But in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, there's a character called Eustace, and he is this very rude and Mm -hmm. bratty kid. Selfish. Yes. And he is cousins with Lucy and Edmund, the Mm -hmm. like original characters that first discovered Narnia in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And they have both become kings and queens of Narnia, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that they are very young. And, you know, there's, there's another thing. But Eustace is this very horrible kid and he practically tortures Lucy and Edmund because they are staying with his family because World War II is going on and they can't go back home. And at some point they stumble back into Narnia because Narnia needs their help and stuff. And Eustace ends up there with him. And the whole time they're on this ship and he is complaining and just horribly, horribly spiteful to Mm -hmm. everyone. But over the course of the story, you realize that he has never seen anything but darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, he has been tainted by World War II and by death and destruction all around him. Mm -hmm. And when he comes to Narnia, he meets people like 
you know, Lucy and Edmund are like in their element in Narnia. They become great leaders. You meet people like Caspian and Reepajeep. And if you don't know these characters, you need to read the book (laughs) again. And they are all leaders and they're all very heroic and courageous. And over the course of the book, you see him slowly being influenced by these people because Mm -hmm. they are showing him what leadership looks like, what Mm -hmm. courage looks like, what standing up for what you believe in looks like what fighting for a cause looks like and he had never seen that before he'd never been taught that before mm-hmm. and by the end of the book he has been completely changed spiritually and mentally and emotionally and he becomes this leader himself and he in the later books comes back to narnia and he's a leader and helps people to fight for the causes worth fighting for and i think that he is such an incredible example of what could happen if these teenagers and these kids were surrounded by strong leaders by yeah. good men and mm-hmm. good women and people who really set an example with their actions and with their words in sunday schools and even if you are having a pizza party at a youth group mm-hmm. like lily said we can't just stop there right you know if you're having a pizza party and a movie night pick a good movie not something that they could don't pick like an Avengers movie or something that they are watching on their own, you know, every weekend. Pick something that is actually good, that's full of good spiritual morals that is going to teach them, you know, watch Narnia. For yeah, that's sake. what I was going to say. Basically, what yeah, we're saying is you yeah. need to watch Voyage of the Dawn Treader. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or Lord of the Rings, you know, that's a good oh one. You might have to get parental permission yeah, for that yeah. one. You're going to need a slip for that yeah. one. <laughs> But I just think that it could be so powerful Mm -hmm. if we set an example for these people. And over the course of our four-year anniversary, we did like a little weekend together. So we started out with the outreach and like we had fun at the outreach. You know, we had fun setting up tables and praying for people and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then we came back home and we, you know, played a few games. We had a fire and, you know, went through some of the questions that we usually do. And we don't, half the time, we don't even need the questions to like start good conversation. But ever since Lily and I started The Few, we have never expected our friends to come to Bible study and act like typical teenagers. Mm -hmm. But it's almost an unspoken expectation. Yeah, it's something that we have just expected from the beginning. And also the girls expect it from Mm -hmm. each other. We've just kind of We've all been conditioned in a way to just be serious, but not in, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain if you haven't like been there and watched it, but not in like a very boring, like, oh, we must read through the Old Testament tonight. (laughs) Like it's serious in a very, very good way. And we have all grown so much because we haven't expected our four year anniversary weekend to simply be, oh, let's play games and eat food and talk about the boys at school Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, that is not what this is about. It's not what The Few has ever been about. But we have such an amazing time on those weekends that we spend together on Thursday nights at Bible study. And I think that that's just such an amazing example that you Mm -hmm. don't need fun necessarily to actually have fun. We don't need things set in place like, okay, we're all going to sit together and we're going to ask dumb questions Mm -hmm. that have absolutely nothing to do with growing spiritually or like actually getting to know a person. Mm -hmm. Not all the questions that we ask are entirely spiritual. There was a question that we asked while we were sitting around the fire and it was, if you could invite anyone you wanted to a dinner party, Mm -hmm. who would it be? And 
you know, some people might, you know, throw out some fictional characters. I threw out some fictional characters. Obviously, Tolkien was in there, you know, different things like that. Jesus was in there. I just think Jesus that, is not a fictional character. No, he's not a fictional <laughs> character. Tolkien's that. not a fictional character either. I did oh. throw in Poirot, though. He is a fictional character. Anyway, also, if you don't know who Poirot is, you should find out and read Lily's blog post. Anyway, but even that turned spiritual a little bit. We talked about, like, why we would invite Mm-hmm. those people to that dinner party and even though it wasn't like the most serious conversation we've ever had before it was something that actually like let you get to know everyone a little bit more like who are those people that you really look up to that you feel like you could learn a lot from mm-hmm. and you would invite them to a dinner party you know it's a simple question like that but it's not entirely stupid because you're going to be able to learn more about those people this is what we need to do in youth groups and in sunday schools we need to just shift our mindset to we can have fun while still taking our relationship with Jesus seriously, mm-hmm. while still taking our duty that we've been given through scripture to build each other up. Mm-hmm. We can take that seriously and still have so much fun together. And, you know, over the course of these weekends, we all grow closer to each other and closer to Jesus. And we have learned so much through these things Mm -hmm. and we have had so much fun and it's like a good fun. It's joy and Mm -hmm. it's something that's so powerful because everything else we're getting is so artificial everywhere else, including at youth groups and stuff. I'm, I'm very depressed and disappointed that that's an actual reality that we have to be talking about, but Mm -hmm. truly in youth groups, half the stuff that we're learning is completely artificial. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very sad because everything else we're getting is artificial. Everything on social media. Like, we're not seeing people actually live life. We're seeing their highlight reel all the time Mm -hmm. and then getting depressed because that's not our actual life. We actually have to go to school. We're not an influencer who gets paid to post pictures every day. Right. And I just think that in youth group, we need to be talking about the darkness, Mm -hmm. first of all, but then we also need to be talking about the heroic courage, like C.S. Lewis said, because we look at these things like the Uvalde shooting, and that is just flat-out darkness. It's darkness that these families are Mm -hmm. mourning their kids. It's darkness that that guy even went into that school, but we need to at least hear of the stories of the dad getting his haircut and rushing in because his wife and daughter were in the school and he mm-hmm. did not care at all about his personal safety. Yeah. He cared about clearing hallways, helping the police out mm-hmm. and saving his family and his daughter's classmates and the students in that school. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to see things that show us heroic courage and we need to be talking about that in youth groups and stuff we may think that the shooting in texas was not at all spiritual but it it is all spiritual it is all it all comes down to spiritual issues Mm -hmm. and we need to be hearing about the heroic courage because right now all we're seeing is you know 20 plus people died a couple weeks ago and that's it Mm -hmm. because the media is not showing us that heroic courage Mm -hmm. the media is showing us the darkness so that we're depressed and we feel like no one's ever going to do anything and we are not empowered to do things ourselves yeah so in youth groups what we need to change in sunday schools in the corporate church we need to start talking about the darkness and then we need to start combating it with heroic courage Mm -hmm. absolutely all right so i know we're going a little bit long again But uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We're going to wrap up in prayer 
And, you know, here we go, kicking off season three. Mm-hmm. We're very, very excited. So please pray with us. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for the opportunity that you've given Lily and I to just sit down and record this episode. And I pray that you would just help us to be the people who set an example of what heroic courage looks like to show people that, yes, there is darkness in our world, but we have a light that is so powerful that we can fight against this darkness and we we can banish it with our actions and with our words and with the example that we set for other people. I pray that you would embolden our youth leaders, our children's directors, our pastors to really discuss the difficult things with uh, teenagers, with kids, with adults in our churches who haven't heard much about this stuff. I pray that you would just help them to be emboldened, help them to feel like it is their responsibility and their duty to teach these kids how to combat the darkness that they're dealing with every single day on social media, in school, at work, all these different places that we go. We always see darkness, but oftentimes we don't see the light breaking through unless we're really looking for it or we're initiating it. So I pray that you would just help all of us to focus on helping these people to just uh, seek you, seek the light, and to be the heroes of our age that we so desperately need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alrighty, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I pray it was encouraging and maybe challenged you a little bit mm-hmm. to be the hero, to seek the light, just as Maddie prayed. And um, I just want to encourage y'all to make sure to download this episode. We're so close to hitting 7,000 downloads. We're so excited and mm-hmm. so thrilled that we can just have these conversations with you every week. If you download, you can listen anytime, anywhere you are. And that is the great thing about downloading. So if you don't have service, if you're somewhere where you're traveling or whatever, then you can listen to it whenever you want and not have to worry about it stopping or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge help and it helps support our podcast and helps us to grow. And be sure to share this with a friend, maybe somebody who needs to hear this as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye guys.